All righty, here we go. February 28th. We're doing a parasha. Kitisa. It's a heavy duty parasha, this parasha, by the way. It's a cheta egel. It's uh, all kinds of goodies in, in uh, parasha Kitisa. So we'll talk about a few different things, give some ideas. Feel free to interrupt. Feel free to make comments. You know, you know how it works. Pasuk starts out like this. The parasha actually starts out. Kitisa, Rosh B'nai Sa'il, of Kudahim. When you're going to count B'nai Sa'il, you have to give some redemption for your nishama when Hashem is going to count them, so they don't have negif. So there's going to be some kind of plague when they come to count them. And this pasuk is very famous for a few reasons. The first one is that it says v'natenu. The word v'natenu, if you look at it, it's good to see if you can see it. I'm going to find it upside down. It's not as easy. Look at it here. It's a palindrome. The word is spelled forward and backwards the same way. Vav, nun, tet, vav, nun, vav. Right? So you read it forwards and backwards. So every rabbi will love to tell you that this is when it talks about giving charity, because this money goes to charity. When you give, you get back, because it goes back. It's two-way street. It's v'natinu forward, v'natinu backwards. You don't lose anything. When you give, you're always going to get. It's going to be at Sedaqah class in the morning, which we started on already. But um, it's this, the Gemara says, the Torah says, there's three places that the same concept is uh, is brought out that when you give you get the three are sedaka which is this one and kibud avaim and um, when you make teshuvah for a sin so they once asked Rav Chaim Kanievsky uh, this one is in the Torah v'natenu the other ones is where's the source and without beating an eye he quoted two psukim blow your mind that the it says in all three places there's a palindrome in the pasuk. One of them talks about kibbutz M, One of them talks about uh, about making teshuvah, and this one of sedaka. So where is, where's the other two? Yeah. Teshuvah. What's the giving? Yeah, that's what I was so good. It's great. I'm gonna tell you to right now. So I'm gonna point out the psukim to you. We'll look at them together. So first we'll do the uh, we'll do the kibbutz M. The kibbutz M is a pasuk by Esav. The Manah says that Esav, no one had better kibbutz M than Esav. He was the greatest. If you want an example of how to have kibbutz M, yeah, we'd never think that because just because of what we think of him as being this Rasha Minusha guy, and he was. But when he, when he had one mitzvah that he did to perfection, it was Kibud Avaim. And the Pasuk is in Parashat Toldot, I'll show it to you. And it says like this Parashat Toldot, I wrote it down so I have to look it up. Kavzayim Lamed Aleph. Pasuk says like this. Pasuk says, when Esav came to bring his father, right? When Yaakov took the Barakha, he said, Go, come back, right? And now he comes back to bring his, Esav comes back for the field after Yaakov already right, took the Barakha because uh, Rivka told him to put on the fur and the whole story, right? We know, we know the story, right? I'm not looking at my Chinese, right? Okay, good. So he says, He comes in now, he brings his father, he says, Come, my father, eat from this food so you can give me the bracha. Says Rabbi can I see the words? Look at this, amazing, is a palindrome. Look at this. Two words. Read, 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 read them forwards and backwards. It's a palindrome. Cool. He brought to his father. So you give kibud avaim, your children see, giving kibud avaim, it's going to happen back when it's time for, the, for, for you to receive back. You're going to get back kibud avaim for your children. My, I'll tell you a story, personal story. My father, my, my, my maternal grandmother, passed away before I was born. My father's the baby in the family. He's the youngest out of four. When he got married, he got married, so his mother had already passed away. He got married at uh, 22 or something like that, and my, my, my grandmother passed away when he was 18. So three, four years, he lived together with my, father, my grandfather, and um, it was about six or seven years after they came to America. Both my parents were born in Egypt. They came to America six or seven years later. My grandmother passed away. She had breast cancer, and my father was not married. He got married at whatever it was, 21, 22, the day my father got married, my grandfather moved into the house with my parents. They came home for the wedding, wow. and my grandfather was living with them, and he lived with them. I got married, I moved out, he was still there. He lived in my house for 40 years. Wow. 40 years. My grandfather lived in my house for 40 years with us. So I grew up, I had two fathers. I had my father and I had my grandfather in my house all the time. 
So to watch the way my father treated my grandfather, and the way my mother treated her father-in-law, from never having, imagine, you come home from your wedding, and there's someone in your house. You're not, there's no time. No, no. It was amazing to watch. You give kibud avayim, it comes back to you. You're going to give back, you show the children how to behave, how to act. How to, it has an effect on them, even though you don't, you don't, it's not to say it, it's just watching. You don't tell them, right, because they're not going to do it. When they see how you behave, treating other people, amazing. It's amazing to watch. I tell you, my mother is going to Gan Eden straight. I don't care what she did the rest of her life. It doesn't matter. It makes no difference. She's going to pull out that card that says 40 years like this. When she gets to the gate, and they're going to move the Kiriat Yamsuf. They're going to cut everybody. She's going to go right to the front of the line. It's uh, amazing. So that's one place. The other place, where it talks about Teshuvah, where you wanted to know. What does it mean when you give Teshuvah, you get Teshuvah? Teshuvah is not a personal thing. So this is in Parashat Vayechi, by Yosef and the brothers. And it says over there at the end, in Parashat Vayechi, I wrote it down also, Nun, Perik Nun, Pasuk Yud Zayin. For all you guys in recording land, if you want to look at the Pasuk, it's Perik Nun, Pasuk Yud Zayin. The Pasuk says like this, after um, Yaakov died, the brothers were worried that Yosef was going to take revenge on them. All right? And they come and they tell Yosef this whole story. Your father came to us before he died and he said, please forgive the brothers for their sin. He was worried. They were worried. They're going to take retribution. So it says like this. They come and they tell Yosef, Yosef, Ana sana pesha achecha. Please forgive the sin of your brothers. Why? They did something evil to you. Please forgive Right? The sin of the servants of your father, meaning the brothers. Yosef was crying when this was going on. Says Rabchaim, can I say the words? Ana, Sana is a palindrome. Three words together. Ana, Sana. Right? Please forgive. What does that mean when you forgive, you forget? The Rana says, if you want the biggest zikhut to get Teshuvah and Shamaim, is when you forgive other people. You let things slide, you don't hold a grudge. They did something to you, no problem. You, you let it go. When you say, forget it, Hashem, kapara, I don't care what he did. In Shamayim, when it comes time, they check into you, oh, this, oh, but this guy, he forgives everybody. We have to forgive him. Mm. You want to have Hashem to forgive you? Yeah, you want, yeah, you let it go. Exactly, by the way. Sana. You want, you forgive. If you forgive, if, you don't, if you're not makpid, and you don't hold grudges, and, you're not, and you let it go, you're an easygoing guy. So that's it. The, the way that they judge people in this world is the way that, they, that you judge others. The measurement cup, the measure the cup they use to measure others, that's the cup they use for you. So if you're very lax and you let it go and you take it easy and you're easy going and you can let it just rub, you know, slide off your back, even when they did things to you that you right, you should be angry about, eh, let it go. So we all do things that we're not supposed to do. Hashem could be angry at us also. And Hashem says, Oh, this guy? Psh, of course not. No, no, he doesn't he doesn't hold a grudge for anybody. Why should I put let it go? So easy to get kapara. You want to get kapara? You forgive everybody. Say thank. I'm forgiven. It's all good. Whatever happened, happened. Next, I love you, my brother. No problem. We'll figure it out later. You let that go. So it's those things. When you give, you get. You give, you get. For tishuvah, you give. You're gonna get back. All those three things are palindromes. It's amazing. They wrote that goes forwards and backwards. Everything comes and goes around. It comes around, goes around. Amazing. Now the amazing part is that the rabbi was able to, to give this off the top of his head without looking at the book. He's quoting three words, two words, three words. Venatinu. That's easy. It's one word. Those are two words, three words. Those three places. Those those three places. Those are the three places that the, the, the Manat talks about. That when you give, you get those three things. I said, why those three? He says they're all palindromes, and then points out, points out in the Torah where it is. It's amazing. It means the guy has to know. There may be, but I don't know. But this is the one they're talking about. It might be. I, I don't know. He, he must know every letter in every place. Of the, not only forwards, he has to know the backwards. Right. It's the same word. It's, right. right. it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. Inshallah, one day we'll get there. Inshallah. Good. Okay. So they talk about why. Why it's, we know that the the amount that you're supposed to give for uh, for this. Uh, Kapara, kofir, nafshur, that we talked about in the beginning is mahasita shekel. So half, half a shekel. Why half? Why half? What to tell me, uh, not only that, the Torah says, the Pasuk says, uh, like the right parasha. Mahasita shekel, beshekel akodesh. And then it tells you how much it's worth, right? It says, This is what the amount you should give. Mahasita shekel, beshekel akodesh. 
How much is that mahasita shekel worth? Esrim gerah shekel. A full shekel is ten is twenty gerah. Mahasita shekel, use what you're supposed to give. It's tiruma. So ten gerah, which is whatever. Ten coins, small coins, equals mahasita shekel. But everyone has to give one coin that's worth a mahasit. A half. Half of a shekel. From, from Mitzrayim, that they got from Mitzrayim, like the currency that they got. No, it was a silver coins, ma'ah, silver ma'ah coins. So it's 20 of these little silver coins. They equal one shekel. You're supposed to give 10 worth, but there's a coin that's worth 10. Is that how we got 10%? No, it's a good question. My my ma'asir, it's not from there. I know that. Yeah, equal to yeah, it's not from there. It's not from there. But that's that's an interesting point. I never thought of that, by the way. Maybe I look I look into it. I don't know. Why there? I never heard a connection between those two, but it's potentially possible. The question is, what's half for? Tell me, give ten coins, ten value. Why is dafka? You have to give a half a coin. Okay, why? Anyone? No one, could try. Do this. no one could do this by themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's teaching you an amazing point. It's yeah, amazing. No, no, it's okay. Don't worry about me. It's, it's the it's the vodka. <laughs> so he says, uh, whatever it was. Yeah. Now you know I had too much. <laughs> that too. So he said, uh, the point is that as being part of Am Israel, as being part of Am Israel, nobody could say, listen, I'm the guy. Because the Pasuk actually everywhere says, Ha'ashir lo lo a guy who's very wealthy and a guy who's very poor have to give the same exact amount. The wealthy guy's not allowed to say, no, no, I can afford it. What's, what, what do I want to do with this? It's a, it's a dime. What do I do with a dime? I, I want to give $5,000. No, he's not allowed. If he gives extra, it's asur. He gets malkut. And the, and the ani guy can't say, no, no, a dime, I can't afford it. Let me give a penny. No, 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 no. Everybody has to give the exact same amount. Why? When it comes to, you know, connection, what are we using the money for, by the way? What does this money go for? You know? The money goes to the korbanot tzibur. Every day we have to bring two korbanot. Korbanot amitzel shachak ubanju ben arbaim. Right on the holidays we have to bring musafim. Other korbanot that we add on on the holidays. The money that we collect for these coins goes to the korbanot. It has to be korban tzibur. It has to be from all of the nation, and therefore it has to be equal share. Everybody has an equal share in the in the korbanot because I'm not greater than you. You're not greater than me. I'm Israel is united. We're one, and therefore everybody needs to give the exact same amount. Okay. Afterwards, there's things that, okay, people have different you know, socioeconomic status, and people have different you know, levels of kavod or whatever, but when it comes to the beta mikdash, when it comes to your relationship with Hashem, every Jew is the same. God doesn't have favorites. There's no such thing. Everybody, everybody's got, we're all God's children. We all love our children. Everyone loves their children, and all the children equally. And, and if Hashem says, no, 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 this is for us, this is our family uh, contribution. Everybody's got to come together as one. We're a family, we're putting down the money, Equally, doesn't make a difference how great you are, how much you have, how little you have. In the eyes of Hashem, we're all the same. Our neshama, all of us have a neshama that came from Hashem, every single one of us. That is a piece of Hashem. And Hashem, so your, your goof looks different, but your neshama is your neshama. Came from, we're all the same. Inside, connection to Hashem, no difference. Mahasita shekel is to make everybody Hashem. It's a, it's, a major, it's a major lesson. People think, oh, look at me, look who I am, look who I am. No, no. At the end of the day, we're all the same. In Hashem, in Hashem's eyes, we all have the same commitment. Every single Jew in the world, I don't care who you are, has 613 mitzvot. Doesn't matter how much money you have, how much you have, you all have the same obligations. We're all the same. So, great. In Olam Hazed, there's different levels, there's different things. Like, I got that. That's very nice. And that's, that's how it should be. It's okay for that. That's not the problem. We need, we need everybody. We talked about that the, there's a galgal in the world, right? Some guys are on the top now, and some days they'll be later. Who knows? It spins around, it goes around, it comes around. But while, while we're here, we're all equal in Hashem's eyes. So, mahasit, you give a half. Don't think you're the full guy. You're never a full guy. You need the other guy. To fulfill the mitzvah, we never put two together to get a whole. And that's the idea. Always got to have togetherness. That's one of the best things. I love, well, I love about Torah. It's a family. Mamash. I'm here for a month. It's amazing. It's a beracha. The place is blessed because of the shalom. No question about it. Is, it should always stay that way. Mm-hmm. But that's where the Berachah comes from. You could tell that it was built on foundations of everybody's the same. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're doing. It doesn't matter. When you come to shul, you're the same as everybody in the building. It doesn't matter. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's unfortunate that it's not that way in the rest of the community in a lot of places. But in here, it is. And I'm telling you, I feel blessed to be here. To be honest with you, I'm very, I feel very blessed. It's Berachah. So thank you, Hashem. Anyway, <clears throat> but that's good for that. Yeah, we can maybe uh, edit that recorded recording. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we... Uh, <laughs>
So wait, so what yeah. about the value? Why so the value. value matter? So the value of the coin itself, because we don't know. Mahasita shekel, we don't know what that is. You're right. At the time, they had the, 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 the coins that they had was this something called a gera, which is a little silver coin. And they're telling you now, Hashem is telling you, this, this mahasita shekel is worth 20 of these. So you have, a, you have a conversion to how much it's supposed to be worth. Whatever the reason is that he started, that's the amount we don't know, but that's the amount everyone has to give. Um, in the times of the Gemara, they talk about when they were collecting for Beit HaMikdash, that the way that it would work is that they would collect the shkalim, this mahasita shekel, every Rosh Chodesh Adar. It starts in Rosh Chodesh Adar. They send out collection people to all over the country, from all over the places, because the new, the new year is in Nisan. It's Rosh Chodesh of the year, of the Rosh Hashanah, in the calendar of the Torah is Nisan. It's Rosh Chodesh Right, but but when the when the Torah counts months, it's from Nisan, from when we left Mitzrayim. So so the money that you give on an annual basis has to be you. You have to use that money for that year's korbanot. So they start a month before because Adar is the twelfth month of the year when Nisan is the first. Adar is right before it's twelve. So they would send out people all over the place to collect this money, this mahatzit shekel, so that it would get to Beit Hamikdash in time for Nisan to be able to use the money. They, they, there was a room in Beit HaMikdash called the Shkata Shkalim. It was a room filled with coins. It was just tremendous amount of coins in there because you could figure out that a Mahasita Shekel being collected from all of Am Yisrael, you're talking about millions and millions and millions, right? And it's, it's Mahasita Shekel per person. It's not for just my family. It's everybody in my family I'm giving Mahasita Shekel. So I have 10 people in my family, I'm giving five, five Shkalim, basically. Right? And they're collecting, they, and they, they would, they would um, go into the room three times a year and take out what they needed in order for to be able to use for the korbanot. And there was always tons and tons of leftover. And the leftover money, they would use on an annual basis, it would sort of go into the building fund, let's call it what we call it now, upkeep of the Beit HaMikdash, repairs, they were allowed to use yeah, it for yeah, Yerushalayim, the city of Yerushalayim, to have proper protection, to have uh, guards. And really have an equal share in the, in the So everyone has an equal, because, what's that again? Everyone didn't really have an equal share. Everyone paid, but they didn't use all the money. Ah, so hear what he's saying now? Good. So he says now, it could be that my coin got used and your coin didn't get used. They're very possible, right? Because what they're doing is they're pouring this money into this room. They think like, you know, the old days you watch the cartoons, you walk into the, the king's uh, train, they got coins piled up all over and diamonds and silver. It's all gold coins. The whole place is room full of gold coins. The coin got all goes in there three times a year with a little pitcher. And he just fills up a pitcher for like, right? And that's enough for like a quarter of the year. It goes three times. So it's, like, it's, 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 a, it's enough for four months, right? And it's only going three times. So you, you, then a minority of minority of minority of being coins are being actually used. But that's the point. The point is that we all own this money equally. It's all of ours. So that when we give it, we're giving it over to the klal, to the klal, to everybody. So technically, it's not just my coin anymore. Once I give it over, it's my coin and my coin. Every one of them, I have a share in every coin. So everybody's getting a share of the korban because we all put it equally and therefore we all have whatever the percentage is of that coin that's actually being used. Everybody in Am Yisrael has a piece of that korban. And that's the one they're using for the korban and that's the korban tzibur. So anyway, that's what the korban. You have a question? We give it on Kippur? No. We when give it on, they start on Rosh Chodesh Adar. When do we do? No. Isn't Nowadays, Mahasita Shekel, do it now. Purim time. It's Zechel and Mahasita Shekel. Yeah, because what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever the, the coin, the, the conversion of of the Mahasita Shekel into silver coin is. That's Matarot Levioni. We also do both on Purim. We're going to see what the, what the conversion is, depending on the price of silver. They do it every year based on the price of silver. But Zechel and Mahasita Shekel, we do now. We do it around Purim time because it's easy to collect and also because you can give the money to Zakah. It's time for Matarot Levioni. But that's the time it's done because it's Adar. It's time that it's done. Does it go to somewhere specific? So, it depends on the shul what they're doing with it, but they usually use it for Sedaka. Yeah, usually goes to Sedaka somewhere. Yeah, it, goes, it could be the building fund. If, uh, do you guys, anyone, to the, anyone went to the meeting last night? Yeah. I know it got passed. It was, uh, it was nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, good. Baruch Hashem. Thank God. Okay, good. Huh? Yeah, it's being recorded. Okay, I heard Ali did a great job. <laughs> he, he really did. I heard, I, I, Victor, no? Victor, no, Victor's okay. Victor, Victor's always by, the guy behind the scenes. Everyone, yeah, but you know, this, this year's uh, guy in front is Ali. That's okay. good. Okay. So, uh, the idea that we say, think about this, when you say, uh, you know, if you greet somebody, especially in Israel, when you say, when you greet somebody, you say, Shalom Aleichem. Right? You say, Shalom Aleichem. What do they answer back? Aleichem Shalom. Aleichem Shalom. Right? Shalom Aleichem. Aleichem Shalom. So shalom is also the same root as the word 
Shalom, full. Shalom, 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 same word. Shalom is peace. It also means full, complete. So when you say shalom aleichem, it's sort of like the I need you to be whole. Because you're, again, I'm inside, we're each halves. So I say shalom aleichem, and you answer back aleichem shalom. Right, that, that's also right? but, but I need you, you need me to be to be complete. It's Am Yisrael always. We're always Mahasit. We're not we're, when we're divided, we're nothing. We only only have strength when we have when you're united. And therefore I say Alechem Shalom, 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 Alechem, Alechem, Shalom is that I need you to be full. So I could be Shalom Alechem with you, I am whole. And you answer back, Alechem Shalom. But no, without you, I'm whole, right? And therefore we always have one hand that, that camaraderie, that that the Hadut. Very nice. Okay. Interesting piece of the, we're getting into a little Cheta Ego stuff now. There's one thing that I also want to explain to us that's very, very important that most people don't um, pay attention to. But we're going to get to it right now. So the Pasuk says like this, when Hashem is informing Moshe that Bnei Israel has sinned with Cheta Egel, the Pasuk says like this. Yeah, that day. It was like 40 days. Well, well, it was 40 days. It's on day 40. It's on day 40. That Moshe, Moshe, they, they had Matan Torah, right? They had Matan Torah. They saw the, they saw, right? They heard the, the, the Ten Commandments. And Moshe is supposed to come down, right? And they had a miscalculation on the days. They were off by about six hours. Yeah, crazy. yeah, crazy. So we'll talk about on Shabbat. Oh, 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 six hours. No, forty days. And uh, and then Hashem tells him like this: Hashem el Moshe. Moshe is up on the mountain. He doesn't know what's going on. Hashem tells him: Lech red, go down. The nation that you brought out of Egypt, Moshe, has sinned. Saru Very quickly, they're off the path. Like I told them to go. They bowed down to it. And they offered korbanot to it. And they said to that calf that this is the God that took us out of Egypt. Okay? Hashem says to Moshe, this people, these people, they're very stubborn people. Hashem says, leave me alone and I'll destroy them. The question is like this. At this point in time, Moshe already has the, he has the luchot. He's been informed that, the, that Bnei Israel has sinned with Chaita Egel and he chooses not to break the luchot. It doesn't happen until later on, Pasuk says like this. When Moshe came close to the camp, he saw the kef and he saw the dancing. Moshe got angry. So he didn't get angry before. Then he broke the luchot. He breaks them on the bottom of the mountain. Which means he already knew from the fall when he came at the top of the mountain. So if the reason to break the luchot is because Bnei Israel sinned with Cheta Egel, why is he bothering to schlep these things down the mountain? Just break them where you are. Finish. It's done. They didn't deserve it. Break them, goodbye, I'll see you later. No, he carries it all the way down until he sees he sees what's going on. The Pasuk says, Vayar eta egel, he saw the egel, umholot, the dancing. Vayar af Moshe, then he got angry. Now he didn't say that he got angry before. Maybe the dancing pushed him over. Ah. So says, listen to this. No, he says they made it agil, they bowed down, they offered korbanot, Moshe, Moshe, that, that Moshe could understand. But when he saw that they were happy about what they were doing, no, 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 that's it. Now, now it's over. Now we break the luchot. The al-Sheikh says like this. He says, listen, everybody sins. Sometimes it gets to you, the Yitzhara gets to you. But you know what? Even while you're doing the sin, you have a little guilt. You feel bad. You know you did something wrong. You feel bad about it. That's enough to understand the sin. Okay. Somebody, the Gemara says, "En adam Person who sins only sins when he goes into his mind something makes him mejnun. Because if you understood what you were doing, you would never sin. You had to be out of your right mind to make a sin. So, guy, okay, it happens. The Yitzhara beat us. We thought we could beat him. He couldn't beat you. No problem. That's all understandable. Even even is understandable to Moshe. 
they worried, they got thoughts, they would just take out of Egypt, they had, who's going to lead us, this is the one who did all the miracles for us, he's not around anymore, what can we do? You get Mejnun, you get crazy, okay, I, I can understand. When he saw they were happy about what they were doing, they were okay, there was no guilt, they're dancing and singing, oh, now it's time to break the law. Now it's time to break the law. Without the guilt, there's no chance to make Teshuvah. No chance. You think you're doing the right thing all the time. Right? When you have excuses to cover up. Whoop, whoop, sorry. Okay. It was a good thing it was the water, not, yeah, the, uh, not the thing. Not the tequila. Yeah. Not, sorry. You're good. I'm good. I'm good. So he says. You want more tequila? No, no. I need to spill the tequila. I only spilled the water. It's a good thing I didn't spill the tequila. I don't want the water. It's okay. I'll just kill it. Yeah, I'm good. So he says, like, when, you, when you have the guilt, you're not covering up the sin. Admit it. You admit it. You feel bad. You go, okay, you're going to make the Shuvah. Eventually, you make the Shuvah. You know you did something wrong. When you're happy about what you're doing, those guys said, why should I, why should I, why should I make the Shuvah? Moshe saw, saw them dancing, singing, that. They were excited for what they would do. No, 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 no. That, now, now you, that's a different level. Now you don't deserve the Luchot. It means without that, they might have brought the Luchot, the first ones down. He brought them down anyway, which means he had intention to give it to them. He was, otherwise, he would have broken it at the top of the mountain. Why is he going to carry them down? They're not easy. They're schlepping them. I don't carry them down for the. No, that's okay. We can figure out that. We'll deal with the sin that they made. People make sins. Oh, you, you are ready to keep going? You're excited? You, know, you didn't realize what you did wrong? You just too, no, no, no. That, now, now it's time to break the law. So this yeah. question. Yeah. So does that mean that maybe if you have guilt on sins that you do do, mm -hmm. it's better off? Absolutely. That's exactly what he's saying. If you don't have the guilt, how are you going to make Teshuvah? The first recognition of Teshuvah is saying, I sinned. That's the first thing you have to do. You have to admit it. Right? You want to have kapara, you have to be modeh first. Without hoda'ah, that you did something wrong, how are you going to make the shuvah? Why would I make the shuvah if I didn't do anything wrong? Right? So the first thing you need to have is that guilt that's going to make you say, oh, no guilt? No, no, we break the luchot. Out. You don't deserve the luchot now. So wasn't Hashem ready to write them off before that? Yes. Why is Moshe yes. like being a better judge than Hashem? If Hashem's Great. saying, okay. and Moshe has, Good. you know, Good. So Hashem told Moshe, this is what he said. Uh, it's a good question. I'm going to read to you the words and then we'll hopefully explain the answer to your question. So the words are like this. I see they're very stubborn. Hashem says now, Moshe, leave me alone. Let me get angry at them. I will destroy them and I will make you into a great nation. Hear the words again. Hashem is telling Moshe, leave me alone. Let me get angry at them and I'll destroy them and then I will make you into a great nation. When I says, Moshe has heard these words. He understood from these words that Hashem is saying that it's up to you, Moshe. Leave me alone means that I can stop this. That's what Hashem is saying. Why is Hashem telling Moshe, leave me alone? What? Moshe, Hashem can, can do whatever he wants, right? Can he do whatever he wants? I mean, Hashem is actually telling me, don't let me do this, Moshe. Stop me. Otherwise, why would he say, leave me alone? He's opening the door for Moshe to say, Moshe, you actually have a chance here. I don't have to destroy them. If you leave me alone, I'm going to destroy them, which means don't leave me alone, and then they won't be destroyed. So Moshe understood that. He interpreted that as an opportunity to try to save Am Yisrael. Why would Hashem say that otherwise, right? So that should answer your question. So he says he understood that. He's not, he's being, you're right. If Hashem just said, it's over, I'm destroying them, Moshe maybe, maybe doesn't have an opening to say anything. God made his mind, made up his mind, even though you could always make the Shuvah, but maybe that's whatever it was, that, that level of sin was so great that maybe God would not allow that to happen. But he actually invited Moshe to pray. He and opened the door up. What do you mean? Why would he say, leave me alone? Atahanichali, leave me, let me be, let me be. Why? What do you mean, let me be? God, God, no, no. He's telling me, come on, Moshe, let's see what you have to say. What can you do? What can you do for them? And then it's right away, Pasuk says right after that, Right away, Moshe starts praying. And what does he say? We know this. We read it in the first days. God, why are you going to get angry at them? Right? Why do you... Why are you going to get angry? You took him out of Mitzrayim. And what is the first thing he says to Moshe? Hashem, Lama yomru Mitzrayim bera'ah hotzi'am laharogotam beharim ulchautam me'apanim me'adama. 
Why? You know what's going to happen, Hashem, if you destroy Am Yisrael? Mitzrayim is going to say, the Egyptians, that you don't have the power to take them into Israel. That's what Hashem says to Moshe. Why? You took them out of Egypt, and you couldn't bring them there, so you had to destroy them in the desert. It's a wild statement. It's a wild statement. But that's what he says to him. Okay? He says, your intentions were bad to take them out. You destroy them. And therefore he says, Don't get angry. You have to get, calm down, Hashem. You can't let the Egyptians say that God, that you took them out of Egypt and you couldn't bring them into, into Israel. Didn't you promise? Didn't you promise, Hashem? The next pasuk, Zechor, Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. Remember, Hashem, you made a promise. You promised Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, that you're going to take their children into Israel. You can't destroy them right now. The Egyptians are going to say, Hashem doesn't have the power. And now you're going to renege on your promise to Avot. So he starts arguing with Hashem. Isn't this the same thing Ben Israel said when um, it was Hitam and Aglim? Why don't you take us out of here? Out yes. Of just to have us yes. Here? Yes. They said that a few times, Ben Israel. Yeah. When there was no water, why did you bring us over here to die, to die in the desert? A few times there was no food. There was right. They, they said that a few times, and now Hashem Moshe is actually turning the turn turn the tables on Hashem and saying, maybe they're right. Why do okay. you do this? Just because of the water. Right, but I'm saying what? Happened to him. Say what? Moshe didn't end up going to Israel. Moshe yeah, never, no, no, he didn't. He, he, he didn't get it right. So it's, but it was a promise to the offspring, not to specific. Not at this point in time, it didn't happen yet. The sin of the of the of the rock for Moshe didn't happen yet at this point in time. So he was expecting to go into Israel still. The Chetamir Aglim didn't happen yet either. It was supposed to go into Egypt, into Israel right away after Matan Torah. It wasn't supposed to be forty years in the desert. It happened afterwards, right? So right now, at this point in time, they're just expecting to get the Torah and go to Israel, including Moshe, including everybody. Okay. So there's one piece over here that I want to go over because it's something that's important. We say it every day, and most people don't understand the words. And if they understood how powerful they were, they would take a lot more time to say this tefillah. So I'm going to go over the Yud Gimel Midot. They're inside this week's parasha of Hashem, Hashem, El Rahum V'Hanun, Erech Apayim, Rafezah is the tefillah that Hashem used, Moshe uses now to calm down Hashem totally. Okay, and it's in this. It's, it's over here. I'm going to read it to you, and I'm going to explain the words each one individually. So here we go. It starts with, where is the pasuk? Yeah. We say it a million times. Okay, on Kippur we say it a thousand times. Nobody knows what the words mean. Most people don't know. Abraham uh, there's the egel, he breaks it, he breaks the luchot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. F was there. It's in here. It's in Anna. It's in Anna. It's at the end of. Uh, there we go. There we go. Moshe makes the second luchot. He goes up to the mountain. And he says over there, Hashem comes down to greet Moshe at the top of the mountain. He meets with Moshe. Pasuk says, God passed before Moshe. And God called out. Adonai, Adonai. Two times God's name. We'll see what that means in a minute. El Rahum Vehanun. Erech Apaim Virav Hesed Vehemet. Noser Hesed La Alafim. Noser Abom Vafesha. Good. 13, what we call the Yud Gimel Midot Shal Rahamim. This is the magic formula that God, you, that Moshe was taught by God. Hashem taught them. Anytime you, Hashem wants to get angry, I'm saying, wants to destroy them, you say this, and this is like. Carte blanche. Whatever comes out, that's it. It's automatic forgiveness. Hashem taught this to Moshe after Chet Egel, and the understanding is like this. I'm going to explain each word individually. The first Hashem, Yudke Vavke, Adonai, right? First of all, in general, what's the, the, the Kavana that you're supposed to have for the word Hashem? So the word Adonai is spelled Yudke Vavke, but we, we pronounce it with Aleph, Dalit, Nun, Yud. Why? Why don't we pronounce it the way that it's written? No one, right? So the Pasuk says, when Hashem taught this name to Bnei Sa'el, to Moshe, it says, Zeh Shemi, Vezeh Zechri Dor. This is my name 
and this is the way that I should be addressed. So my name is not the way that I'm addressed. Hashem does not want us to pronounce this name with the way that it's written. You're not supposed to pronounce it. We pronounce it Aleph Dalinu and Adonai. So the, the intention is, the kavana is to mix the two words together. The word Adonai means Adnut, which means uh, Adon, Master. And the word Yud Kevavke is a combination of the words Haya, Hove, Yihyeh. Hashem was, He is, will be. Right? So He's everlasting Adon. He's the Master of all that was, is, and will be. So anytime you say the word Adonai, that's the kavana you're supposed to have. Master of all that is, was, and will be. That's what the God names mean. That's what it means. Now, why twice inside this Adonai, Adonai? Two times. They said, Adonai, God is the God of all, master of all that was, was, and will be before we sinned. He's still the same God after we've sinned. That's the two times of Hashem. He doesn't change towards us. He never changes towards us. His God is never changing. Then we say, El. El is the name of God of might. But it's might that has mercy. It's merciful might. He's, so it's merciful God. Rahum and Hanun are different types of mercy. So El is the God of mercy. What kind of mercy? Rahum and Hanun. Rahum is someone who's merciful before, right? Is always going to be merciful. Even before people do things that are bad. I always have mercy. Some people are just soft-hearted. They feel bad about everything for everybody. They're always worried about people. That's Rahum. Hanun is now, even when the person is going through difficult times, I can't watch that happen to them. It's, it's hurting me to watch these bad things happen to somebody. I have Hanun. I have Hen. It's like Hashem wants to give mercy for Hinam, for free. So it's Rahum is God is merciful before anything bad happens to you. Whatever you're doing is before you're sinning. And Hanun is even when he's punishing you, he's merciful still. He feels bad about what he has to do. He doesn't want to have to do this. But the mercy, sometimes there's punishment out of spite and there's punishment out of love. So the Hanun is that he has to give sometimes punishment, but out of love. He has to, to, to right the ship. Sometimes you got to... You have no choice. Your kid's running the street, you got to smack him. There's no way. Little kid can't run the street, you got to teach him, right? So sometimes you do it out of love, no choice. So Rahum is absolute mercy, even before. Hanun is, even when there's punishments coming, I still have mercy. That's Rahum, that's Hanun. Erech apayim means slow to anger. God is slow to anger. He gives you chances, all kinds of chances. Erech apayim, notice that the word apayim is in plural form. Apayim is af. Face. Apai means face. And means my face is long. Means what? He doesn't get angry. His face stays the same. Both for Sadiqim, Rishaim, he gives people all kinds of time to make the Shuvah. Because if he zapped you the second you sinned, you would never sin. It takes away free will. The minute you do something wrong, boom. Who's going to do anything wrong? No, I can't do that. So it gives you time. Gives you time. Gives you time. Realize what you did. Feel bad about it. Make the Shuvah. Erech So Erech is slow to anger. Rav Hesed. Rav Hesed means he's plentiful, plentiful with the Hesedim. He's over, overcompensates on Hesed. He's giving away free Hesed, nonstop. He wants to give Hesed. The Emet is what you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to get. So let's say you do a mitzvah. I'll give an example. You give a mitzvah, the reward is uh, whatever, 5,000. I'm just giving numbers just to throw something out. So Rav Hesed says, Hashem is paying you 500 billion. And by the way, he's also paying the 5,000 for the mitzvah. So Rav Hesed is just pouring on Hesed because he wants to give. And Emet is that just because he's giving so much doesn't mean he's not going to pay what you really deserve also. No, no. He's also going to give the Emet. That that's what you deserve. So you're getting more than you deserve plus what you deserve. It's not, oh, because I'm giving you more than you deserve, I don't have to give you what you deserve. No. Plus, that's Emet. So Rav Hesed, Emet. Notzir chesed alafi means Hashem holds on to that chesed for thousands of generations. So you do something good, it's going to it's going to affect your offspring for thousands of generations. Notzir chesed, he protects it. Notzir means to hold on to. He holds on to the chesed. avon Hashem forgives three different kinds of sins. Avon, intentional sin. I did it on purpose. Pesha, I was negligent. Should have been more careful. Hata'a was total accident. Un unintentional. Okay? So, nose avon, intentional sins, pesha is negligence. Hata'a, shogeg, mistake. Hashem forgives all those. Venake, and he will erase those for anybody who makes teshuvah. 
So now that we did them all, I'm going to go through them one time. When you're saying on, during, during the, the tefillah, you need to have the kavanah. For them to work, they have to have the proper intention. So it's Hashem, Hashem. God is the Adon HaKol Master of all that is, was, will be before we sinned. He's the master of all is, was, will be after we sinned. Hashem, Hashem. And then El, the merciful God, that's Rahum and Hanun. He's having mercy before. Even when he's punishing me, he has mercy on me. He's slow to anger. He pour, pours on the chesed, still pays the emet, protects that chesed and pays it forward for thousands of generations and forgives intentional sins and negligent sins and mistaken sins. That's what it means. Try to remember those. Okay. You say this anytime they sin, done. It's one place, one place, one place here. It's taught over here, and it was that Moshe, Hashem taught it to Moshe, and that's why we use it on Kippur. It's the carte blanche. We say it every day. We never, not in the Torah, it was never used again. How come Moshe couldn't use it on himself? There was, part of it was used later on at the end, well, at the end, when, 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 because uh, Hashem told him to stop praying. And Hashem said to Moshe, stop now. Which means, the Quran says over there, and I mean, I think Rashi says it over there, in Parashat Hanan, when Moshe is praying to get into Eretz Yisrael, Hashem told him, He didn't do anything like that. What? He, he, yeah. I guess that he had higher expectations. Yeah. Where is he saying it here? I should have got angry at me. She's telling him the whole story. I remember it over here someplace that Hashem told him to stop. Because that if he had prayed one more time, or he asked one more time, Hashem was going to let him come in. And I don't see it in the Rashi. Is that where we learn what he asked forgiveness three times? Yeah, Moshe, this 515 tefillah, says, Moshe prayed 515 times to come into Israel. And Hashem said, yeah, 515. <laughs> if he went one more, he was going to be allowed. But, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, Hashem told him to stop. Why didn't he use it for himself? Maybe this is only for the tzibur also. Maybe it's a fakahal thing. It's not a personal thing. I mean, it's, it's, you're, all, not I'm not it you're not allowed to say You can only say it in the in, in minyan. You can only yeah, say it in tzibur. You can't pray. When we say that alone in the, uh, let's say you're praying at home, you're not praying in minyan, you're supposed to say it with the ta'amim of the Torah. Because you're allowed to say psukim, mm -hmm. right, biachid. But to use it as just saying the words without the ta'amim, mm -hmm. you need a minyan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to do it with the tamim. Adonai, Adonai, El Rachum, Yohanan. Yeah, we do it with the tamim in the Torah. Okay, because maybe the Hazanim got people used to saying it with the tamim. But if you say it that way, then then you're allowed to go. No, not Kaddish. Not Kaddish. Because Kaddish is not Psukim. Kaddish is a different ballgame. It's not Psukim. All right, we'll do one more. Maybe we'll we'll call it a night. Let's see. One more. Okay, one more. We'll wrap up with this. So while Moshe was on Har Sinai, what? I missed the one. Come on, like, share the fun stuff with me. Come on. Tell him. But when we had the, when when COVID was happening, we had minyan in my backyard for the years. Oh yeah. During the building construction, we could come to the. Aha. Aha. Can you fit 200 people? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where, 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 where are you? Where are you? We had like 200 people in the backyard. Yeah. East 5th, LNM. East 5th, LNM. Yeah? I have a huge backyard over here. My, my brother, my, my brother, not next to you. I'm on the other side of town. But Bezat Hashem, a couple of times a year, Bezat Hashem, before Pesach, we do matzah baking in the backyard. Wow. We'll have all the boys over. We'll do we'll do matzah in the backyard. We have a huge, obviously, my because we I live next door to my brother. So I have two backyards oh. open together. It's double. It's huge. So, uh, yeah. So we'll be at Hashem. We'll have some fun. Yeah. So we do it every year. We've been doing it with Bnei Tzad guys, but now it's Betorah's turn. So you know. Okay. So. <laughs> no, no, it's not to be edited out. Absolutely not. That one we'll leave in there. They might crash the party. Though you know they're used to it, so we'll see. But. Uh, so while Moshe was, um, there was a little gap in between 
the two the two luchot. Right, Hashem gave him the first the first luchot. Then he told them that they sinned. He comes down, they break it, and then Hashem Moshe goes back up to pray to, to pray to Hashem to save Bnei Israel. And then Hashem says, "Okay, I forgive you. Go back and bring up. Go bring for me now tablets." Hashem told Moshe, "Make the second tablet. The first tablets Hashem gave to Moshe outright. Second one, Moshe had to carve out the shape, bring the tablets up, and then Hashem wrote on them." So in between the, that period, part of, part of the, the luchot of Lushek and luchot is all that I got to save. I got to save some stuff for Shabbat. Why? 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 They have, okay. I'm in the kitchen. Okay, it's your fault. That's my fault. That's your fault. That's not my fault. That's your fault. It's your fault. That's your fault. That's not my fault. So when I when my, when Moshe comes up now to talk to Hashem to pray for Bnei Israel before he gets the second luchot, there's a little conversation that goes on between Hashem and Moshe. And Moshe sort of like changes the sub- subject and he asks something very interesting. He says, Okay, this is Moshe with the Cheta Egel, destroyed Cheta And now he goes back and he says, Ah, here we go. You told me to bring these people up. You didn't tell me who we're going to bring with me. You told me that I'm going to know you by name, Hashem. And you told me that I find favor in your eyes. Says now Hashem. If it's true that I find favor in your eyes. Hashem, I need to know your ways. So I will understand, I will know. Why? So I should find favor in your eyes. So if I find favor in your eyes, tell me your ways so I will find favor in your eyes. And you'll show me that this nation is really yours. Vayomar Hashem says to him, Pana yelechu vanichotilach. He says, no, I'm going to go, leave me alone. Vayome elav, im en panecha holechim, alta alenu mizeh. Hashem says, Moshe says, no, no, if you're not going to come with us face to face, Hashem, leave us here. Don't forget about it. Just destroy us. He says, Ubame yivada efo imatsati chen beenecha ani veamecha. And how are we going to know if we really find favor? You're really going to forgive us, Hashem? How, do we, how are we going to know? You need to walk with us. You need to come with us. That we should be raised up from all the nations of the world that people see as God with the Jews. You can't just disappear from us. You ask for this, I'm going to give you this too. But, he says, because you did find favor in my eyes. So again, Hashem says, Moshe says, great. You, you want me to know who you are? You need to show me who you are. Kivodecha means your glory. Show me, Hashem, show me your glory. Vayomer, Hashem tells Moshe, I'm going to pass all my greatness over your face. I'm going to call out my name in front of you, Moshe. You're going to hear me talk about my name. I will find Hen. Hen again is, is a kindness in front of those that are kind. I'll have mercy on whoever I'm going to have mercy. Very odd conversation. So I'm going to pass over in front of your face, but you can't watch me. You can't look. Because if you look, then you can't live anymore. If a person sees me, they're not going to be able to live. Then Ishama will come out. Attach back to me, and you can't, that's it, you're going to die. God says to Moshe, there's a place over here. Go sit on that rock over there. When I pass by my glory in front of you, I'm going to put you in the crack over there, that rock. I'm going to cover my, your face until I pass by. Then I will move my hand away. You'll see only my back, says Hashem to Moshe, but you can't see my face. What's going on? 
Moshe is asking to see Hashem face to face. Now he's talking to Moshe since the time of the snare. He's been talking. Hashem is talking to Moshe. How many times? How many conversations did Moshe and Hashem have already? Now this is now. What, what's Moshe asking? I need to see. I need to understand the ways of Hashem. So he's saying no because I need to know for Am Yisrael that you, I will know that you're with us. And then I can, un he, he's asking to figure out how to manipulate Hashem, basically. That's really what he's trying to say. I need to know your ways. I need to know how to handle certain things that are going to happen. I need to, show me. Show me, as, show me your, I want to see your face. I need to see. Now, obviously Hashem doesn't have a face. We don't have, I need to understand what, what God is, basically, is what he's saying. And he's saying back, Hashem is saying, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Because if a person sees God, you can't see, but you're dead, finish. Your neshama is coming out of your body, you're not coming back. What I'll do is I will put my hand over your face so you can't see when I walk by. And when I'm gone, I'll move my hand, you'll see me from behind. What does that mean? See me from behind? Hashem doesn't have a front, Hashem doesn't have a back, so he doesn't have a hand, so, so what does it mean? So this is very, very deep esoteric stuff, but there's one shot that I want to share with you, it's very interesting. What Moshe was asking, the Gemara says in these psukim, that Moshe was asking Hashem the world famous question of Sadiq Vera'lo, Rasha Vitovlo. So I need to understand why in this world I see that Rishaim, people doing evil things, are getting benefit. And while those that are Sadiqim, they're suffering. I need to answer that question for Bnei Israel because it's a question that every rabbi gets every single day. Rabbi, why is this happening to me? I'm a good guy, Rabbi. I do, I do, I do mitzvot. I come to shul. I pray. I learn. I do. Why this happened to me? Why is that guy that we all know is a super rasha is riding, riding high and everything is going great for him and he's a rasha and everybody knows he's a rasha? Why? 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 That's what Moshe was asking. Moshe says, Hashem, please. I need to answer that question. You want Bnei Sael to believe? They need to have an answer to that question. What should I tell them? How does, see, how does seeing God give you that answer? So he says, if I could, teach me your ways. So I can understand when they ask me why this happened and why that happened. If I understand why, then I can understand. I have an answer. To, I can answer them. That's the one I was understanding of the question. So what's the answer? He says, you can't see me from the front. You can only see me from the back. Which means, as a human being in this world, we see glimpses of events. We can only see things that occur now. Why that's occurring, we don't know now. Ahorai, later, at some point in the future, you'll be able to look back and understand why. So he's saying, Fanai, the front, when you see it happen, you're not going to understand. There's no way to understand it. We don't understand it. Over Ahorai, when you could see me from the back, then you'll be able to understand it. When you could see that what happened in the future goes back to that's all. That's why, okay, now, now I understand. Right? But that's the only way in this life that what he's saying is Hashem is telling Moshe, I'm sorry. There's no way in this world for me to explain to you what's going on because you don't have all the details. When you have all the details, it's not a question anymore because you won't have the question. You only have the question because you only see a piece of the puzzle. You're missing the other pieces. When the puzzle is complete, you don't have a question of what the puzzle is. It's simple. Look at the picture. You know what it is. So tell him, Ahorai, at the end, down, down, down the road, future, you'll understand what it is. Well, we have to have now. We have to have faith. We believe that Hashem is doing the right thing for everybody. And one day, one day, we're going to understand what it is. Ad Khan for tonight. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen.